City of Marion Libraries podcast is a show about bringing you the latest ideas, authors, and events happening in our community and beyond. And books. We love to talk about books. I'm Paula, and since it's Movember, today we're talking about men's mental health. Men are traditionally expected to be strong and stoic, but increasingly in our society, we are seeing that this very narrow persona that we push men into is problematic and at times even deadly. There is more conversation today about men's mental well-being than ever before, but there is still work to be done. In this episode, we've brought together two men who are working to redefine manhood, each in his own way. Nathan Sanders is the founder of The Great Bloke Project, a podcast and online community dedicated to inspiring men to connect with themselves and their purpose. Nathan believes that blokes can take control of their lives by practicing self-awareness, embracing vulnerability, and taking purposeful action. Brett Menadju is a father, teacher, musician, and men's group founder. He's passionate about well-being and providing a venue for men to have frank, honest conversations about the subjects that challenge them. He's continually in pursuit of ways to strengthen himself in mind and body and to live responsibly on the planet. So both men are educators, dads of boys, and men who, because of their own experiences, were inspired to take a step to bring men together and start talking. In this episode, we touch on everything from the importance of men being self-aware, cultivating vulnerability, practicing mindfulness, the Me Too movement, and where men fall in that discussion, and how men can interact with their sons to create more kind and compassionate men in future. Listen as we start with Nathan and the Great Bloke Project. So to start, um, can you tell me why you started the Great Bloke Project? I think for me it was um, it's almost therapy. Um, it was like a personal journey, I think, and uh, it was ideas that I had been mulling over, thinking about, journaling about for a long time, um, work that I've been doing on myself personally, and it got to a stage where I'd become a pretty heavy consumer of various content. Um, lot of self-development self-improvement sort of stuff I guess and then I I made a decision at the start of this year 2018 uh, one of my I guess New Year's resolutions was that I wanted to be uh, more of a creator and create rather than just consume so I guess it was born out of that that um, I felt that I'd done I'd done a fair bit of work on myself as a man and I'd, I'd come a long way and and I also felt I guess that I had something to say that I hadn't had before so and then it was just a matter of um, putting it out there you know like that's one thing is making the decision and um, and you know thinking that that's what I'd like to do is to create content the next big step is actually taking that leap and probably putting some stuff out there that's perhaps a bit vulnerable as well which was a was something that um, took a little bit of thinking and um, and some courage I suppose to do but um, that's how it all started. It started in my mind, I guess, and then it started with me writing and journaling, and then eventually it becomes something that is publicly accessible. Yeah. Mm. So. Great. So, um, I guess we should um, say, what is the project? Yeah. So it's titled the Great Bloke Project. So the idea is really, I guess, an invitation that um, I believe that you know that men um, we're all great blokes, but the idea is that. Um, we can work on ourselves and we we can improve um, our current situation I think the idea is that we all have things um, that we're working on we've all got things that um, 
uh, that we we want to get better at. Um, we've all got our own stuff, I guess, that we're dealing with. And I think for men in particular, and this I, I did niche it down to men um, for a reason. I think that firstly, I am a man. It's lived experience for me. Um, that uh, I think that that message sometimes isn't um, broadcast enough. I think I think that's getting we're getting better at that. I think. Um, that there's more discussion about um, men and vulnerability and this idea that we can actually live consciously and we can practice self-awareness and we can connect with other men in a, in a meaningful way. Um, but I don't know if it's actually as well publicised as it should be. So really that, that is the invitation that, that as men, as great blokes, that we can become even greater blokes and we can continue on this path forever. And... Um, Continue, continue to uh, continue to get better, I guess, and um, so that's that's the idea of the project. That it's a community of men that want to, as as a community, grow together and and become even greater blokes. Right. Mm. So so it's obviously, as you say, for men. Is it for all men? Would you say? I think it's for all men. I think men from um, you know from from boyhood to manhood, right through to many men of any age. I think that. All men can be um, can sometimes live in their own head a lot and um, have have things about themselves that they're not happy with um, that they're dealing with that um, their life maybe not be going in a certain direction that they're not happy with. You know, I'm not so much I don't talk about mental health so much, but um, because I don't talk well, I don't talk about it explicitly. But I know that many men. Um, do have struggles with mental health and that um, uh, whether it be you know anxiety or depression um, it's or or not um, many of us are just going through things and many of us um, have a yearning to be better or do more or um, have a greater sense of purpose and I think that is universal amongst all of us Mm -hmm. and I think it just takes a decision to say that um, I want to get better at this or um, I know this has been a trap or a failing of mine. Um, I know this is something that trips me up on a regular basis. I know that this part of my life doesn't serve me as well as it should. Um, we've all got those things and I'm talking very generally. But and So the invitation for the project is that um, let's get together, let's air these things and let's work on them together, whatever they may be, in a really safe, safe environment. So... Mm. Yeah, that's what it's all about, I guess. Yeah, it's funny, just before you came here, I read this quote um, from Prince Harry, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, Prince Harry's mm-hmm. been doing a lot of work on um, on mental health. I know you said you don't talk about it specifically, but he said we all have mental health in the same way we all have physical health. Yeah. And But for some reason, um, so many of us have trouble, you know, there's so much shame around mental yeah. health issues, yeah. particularly with men. Yeah. Well, I kind of feel like that, I don't perhaps go there much because um, for myself, I've, I wouldn't say that I've ever suffered from a mental health condition and I know people that have. So I, I don't really want to um, step step there because I feel like, well, I don't really know um, what those people are dealing with. I super empathise with them because they're, they're amongst my friends and family. But um, the invitation is bring whatever you've got, whether that be depression or um, anxiety and let's let's do what we can um, uh, to to um, get it out there that there's heaps of us that are dealing with these things so while my issues um, aren't depression or um, anxiety for example mm-hmm. I haven't got a diagnosed mental health conditions mm-hmm. 
I've still got stuff that I'm working on. I still have things that um, plague me on a day-to-day basis. And I know there's many men that do. So the invitation's for everybody. And I think that I'm focused perhaps on um, the positive well, the, the well-being of people. So if it is men that get something out of this that, that are anxious, are depressed, then um, that's awesome. Um, but I don't, I don't talk about it in specifics because... Um, yeah, I guess I just don't feel like I have the depth of knowledge in those areas to, to really say I'm an expert, I'm someone that's working with people with depression and anxiety because um, that is not my area of expertise. That being said, I think a lot of the stuff that I promote um, through the challenge series that I do, um, through the conversations that I have with other men on podcasts, I think they're things that can help men up through the broader spectrum, um, mental health or not, um, whatever they're dealing with, um, whether it's this, the idea of um, what, is, what does it mean to be a man, um, all those things, I think um, there's something in there for all men. Um, yeah, I, and it sounds even like preventive. Like if you do these sorts of things, then maybe, you know, you're not... Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping, that, um, that uh, I think that's what it can be. It can mm. be preventative and that we can work with what we've got and um, maybe uh, the big part of this work is building really good habits around our lives that um, if we do things day in day out as you say I think there's certain things that can be that can prevent perhaps more serious mental health conditions or at least help alleviate them yeah yeah Mm. so say a person's listening and they think yeah that sounds good how do I what do I do where do I go how do I get involved what's what's the project what yeah, so I guess yeah. the website is um, the good place to start. So you just had, uh, you link it in the show notes, but the greatbloakeproject.com, if they head along to the website, um, there's a whole lot of information there. So really, um, when they get there, there's a few options, but um, the first place I recommend people to start is I've got a 12-week challenge series, and the idea is it's to really kickstart your self-improvement journey. So if, if you've got no if you don't really know where to start on working on yourself, um, I think the, the free resource is a 12-week challenge series is a great place to start and it's really founded in um, developing self-awareness. So I think this um, self-awareness is huge, um, not just for men, for, for women as well, but I think for men, we're never really taught um, how to become self-aware. That's not something we're explicitly taught and... I think it's something that we can all build on and become better at and we can become more self-aware because when we know what what makes us tick and we know what our strengths are, we know what our triggers are, we know um, um, what may be causing some of these negative emotions or feelings we're having, that's the foundation to doing something about it. So unless we've got a a level of self-awareness, it's really hard to know where to start to take action in your life. So that's, I guess that's the first thing is, um, you know, um, get involved in the challenge series, um, build those those skills around self-awareness, and then those 12 weeks take you through numerous things like defining your values, and I think that's cr- crucial um, because I think it's all too easy for us, and I talk a lot about men, I guess, but for men, um, we can just, I think it's too easy just to, to, to catapult through life and sort of just be like a pinball. Um, and unless we really clearly define our values, I don't think we know where we stand. So like I talk about values as being a code of conduct. So what makes you who you are? What, it, what is it that you believe? And therefore, if you believe that, um, what are your actions that, that, um, that arise out of those things? Mm-hmm. And 
and I think values just help us with those really key decisions in our lives, not just the big ones, but the, the small decisions that mm. we make on a daily basis. If we have our values in check, um, it's so much easier to navigate life and make big, big decisions and we feel much more in alignment. So that's just two weeks of the challenge course. That's where I'd, 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 um, I'd recommend people to start. And then the other place I think is a podcast, which I, I try to, um, I endeavour to get men on the podcast that are working on themselves, that are model self-awareness, um, that model this life of self-improvement. And um, there's some great lessons to be learned through the men that I've interviewed already. And I've got some great ones coming up as well. But really, I guess it's customised. So the, it's, like I said, it's an invitation. So really the invitation is, um, uh, you know, you can be more than you think you are. Um, you are infinitely capable. Um, your life is is wonderful, and um, I think you, uh, the invitation is let's work to improve ourselves each and every day. So, however, how men take that is sort of a little bit up to them. And like I said before, the stuff that we deal with, although there are some there's some big commonalities, I think, with what men deal with on a daily basis, the customization comes in a little bit of of those you know, those nuances of what men are going through. So the invitation is work on yourself. Um, and that I think the benefit of that, that daily working on oneself, um, is not only good for self, but it's good for, for everybody. You know, f um, men that are dads, men that are um, uh, in relationship with other blokes, men that are, have got leadership positions in um, workplaces, or I think the, the ripple effect from a man taking responsibility for their own life and taking action in their own life... Um, is 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 great for everyone around them yeah it's yeah modeling mm -hmm. the sort of behavior that you sort of be the change you want to yeah. see yeah yeah yeah, yeah i really want to um talk more about that but I... so nathan started the great bloke project brett on the other hand started a men's group a completely different approach you started a men's group and i feel like um there was uh, some sort of similarities in why you um um did that but maybe you could Tell me, mm -hmm. in your own words, um, what what inspired you to start the group? Well, it wasn't really inspiring. It was um, a feeling as though I was pretty desperate to talk to someone. Um, my relationship at the time was not one where I could be vulnerable and talk openly. Mm. And... Um, the people around me, I've got really great parents and a great sister and good work colleagues and a, a scattering of good mates. Um, but if I looked at all of them, I couldn't really talk to any of them about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because we're programmed to quickly jump in and try and solve problems. Mm -hmm. And that happens very quickly. And if someone wants to dig deep and keep getting deeper and and the deeper you go the more vulnerable vulnerable you are to judgments from others and you know if you've got the people around you all reflecting what they think about your problem um, it's actually unhealthy mm. um, so I went looking for a men's group and there wasn't any and there was a guy in Sydney that um, I knew ran one and I said, where's the men's group in Adelaide? And he said, there isn't one. And I said, oh, that's a bugger. <laughs> he said, it's you. You, you, you start it. So that's, that's what I did. Mm. I started. 
I started it and um, that was about five years, five, six years ago now. How would you describe it? Um, well, that's a good question. <laughs> it's a group of, it's a small group of guys. Uh, we sit in a circle for two to three hours every fortnight. We talk about how lives are going. It's not football, it's not beer, it's not cars. It's straight to the point. And we've always made a point of saying you don't have to like each other in the group. That's that's not, it's not a mm. mate's group. Right, because you weren't mates that you no, were we didn't know No, we didn't know yeah. each other. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we just, we get together and we talk. And it, it, it's not news. We don't talk about you know, what we've been doing over the last two weeks, it's, we always start with a feeling. So we go around and we say one feeling and we, we meditate and then we say our feeling and then we have five minutes each of uh, what's really contributing to that feeling. Um, and then we, we, we have a fairly tight structure that we follow every time, but it's very informal. Mm. And we have simple rules like don't give advice, don't give advice unless you're asked for it. That's good. Mm. Mm. You know, don't talk over someone. Don't interrupt. Mm. We used to have a stick that we passed. It was a, a didgeridoo, and uh, we passed the didgeridoo around. And when you when you held the stick, uh, you had the floor. Uh, but that was really just to keep them in line. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it really got out of hand. Well, you know what you can do with the yeah. didgeridoo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's 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 it. It's we have a cup of tea, meditate, do our thing, have a cup of tea after. Mm. And we're pretty exhausted. Mm. And I, I have this distinct feeling every time I drive home from men's group, I'm buzzing, but I'm drained. Mm. Yeah. And drained in a good way. You know, I feel as though I have talked and I've got it off my chest and I've talked to someone who won't judge me. Mm. And the more, you, the more you get to know them, the wider the scope comes for things that you can talk about. Yeah. Mm. It's confidential, and most of the time it's devastating. Mm. But you need it all. Mm. It's you need you need and all you need all of those things in between because yeah, that's good. who we are. Yeah. And if you don't have that, you are locking yourself into a persona that you walk around every day, pretending to be someone mm. that inside you really know that you aren't. Mm. Uh, my and next that is locked up. My You're next locked. question I wanted to ask was why focus on men? And I feel like it's got a lot to do with that facade you're talking about. I mean, I guess we all have that facade, but I feel like it's particularly a struggle for men. Um, this is to both of you now. Why, why, why do we need to focus on men in this sort of um, regard? Well, look at the news. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you you look at mm. you look at what's going on. Mm. Um, it's it's a minefield mm. and I think average normal blokes who go to work and go home and um, do whatever they do they, they don't look like they're struggling because they have happy faces on Facebook mm. but you know people go up and down I've seen that in the men's group you know it's like these guys that first walked in the door they look like they're all oh, they got it together and I've over the years because we've stuck together all of us they go up and down like a wave all the time. Mm. Every few months, someone's getting hit with something. Mm. Yeah. And then they come up again. Yeah. 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 I think it's true. And I think to, to the two parts of your question there, I think you, you touched on um, 
why men need to have a sort of a facade. Mm. And I think it comes back to that idea of, I think, um, we're all struggling to come to terms with our, our identity of who we are as a man. And perhaps traditionally speaking, we're seen as the provider or the the rock. And um, uh, perhaps, you know, in times gone by, there's been a sense that men just have to be and they have to just soldier on, you know, and um, whatever the circumstances. Um, and so maybe that facade is, you know, I'm just that stoic idea of just continuing on. And I think we're breaking down some barriers there now. And there's more talk about vulnerability. And I love, I love what you're doing with that group because I think that's just what we need mm. as men. I think that's awesome. And then um, your second point, I think, about why men. I think part of it is I think there's been a bit of a vacuum left for men. I think, you know, there's lots of, um, you know, you're thinking about at the moment there's a Me Too movement, which I think is very necessary. Um, I think it's good, but at the same time, I think there's been a bit of a vacuum for men and what's out there for men, um, and that may be somewhat controversial, I don't know, but, you know, there's been lots of movement in um, the feminist space, which I think is necessary also, and I think it's great work, but I think we have left a vacuum for what's available for men, and I think the more work that I'm hearing about, you know, what, what what's happening with the men's group, because I think that's brilliant, but... Um, I think that that's the reason I think there, there's some troops on the ground that are thinking that, hey, there's, what is out there for men? Like what, where can men go if they want to chat to other men? Or where, where can men go and to be vulnerable? So I think that's maybe for me the reason why is because, um, the, firstly, it's the identity thing of who we think we need to be as men, breaking down those barriers and breaking down those, you know, those, that's the status quo of what we think we need to be. Both, both at a cultural level and internally, and then um, filling in, I think, what is a, a bit of a gap, to be honest. I think that um, society needs strong men, but society also needs um, strong men that are vulnerable, compassionate, general, a, a gentle, that can connect meaningfully with others, um, can be real and can be authentic. And I think that's the reason that this work is important for men, because I don't think there's enough of that out there. Yeah, that's mm. that's a really great point with the uh, with the Me Too movement. It's like it seems that really vilifies those particular men. I think who, it does. Yeah. And but yeah, but mm. they they didn't get there by themselves. They no. didn't get there no. in a as you say in a vacuum. They they arrived there, you know, mm. in in a, in, in, in a culture. Yeah. Mm. And it's not enough to just say, you know, these are horrible guys. No. Um, mm. how did what messages were they sent in mm. their lives mm. to um, make it seem that it was appropriate and, and um, okay for them to behave that way mm -hmm. and what can we do to make mm. sure that our future men what messages are we telling our mm. boys now that's so right. that you know that's not something that's true um, and the other thing you know uh, we, we've mentioned too a little bit about um, why men is that uh the statistics are really clear on what's happening with men, you know, like the, 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 the rates of suicide are hugely skewed in the in direction of men and um, lots of things that, uh, like that, you know, uh, workplace accidents and those sorts of things where um, mental health and um, numbers on depression and those sort of things clearly state that there is an issue with men. Um, that in itself, I think, is enough to say what's going on here. Let's do something about it. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's like as you say, there aren't enough spaces like uh, the men's group that Brett yes. runs, and um, you know the project that you're doing mm. that men can go to 
to access no. um, or to even know where to start. Yeah, I um, think um, part of the part of the problem with men is they, as they go from teens into their twenties and thirties and forties, is that they become increasingly isolated. Yeah, they still got their parents and their brother and their workmates, but their actual close friends start yeah. to drop off. Yeah, yeah, and women are pretty good at maintaining at least two or three close people in their lives that they get on the phone with and talk. But um, I know myself, you know, people go away to work and, you know, I just, I felt like I'd lost pretty much all my friends at some stages, not through any major drama that on my behalf, just, they just go, they just drift. And if you're alone, um, what have you got? Mm -hmm. You know, then you start swirling ideas around your head. It's Mm -hmm. like, like you can't sleep at night, you know, things... There's no, there's no way for that to go out. Mm. Right, and like you say, you know, traditionally men are seen as the heads of the family, and mm. and if you've got all that going on, what do you do? You feel like you said yeah, you have to you just go? soldier on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. you can see why this is yeah such an epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the key areas that you think men should focus on? Nathan, you mentioned vulnerability, um, and um, cultivating compassion and kindness mm-hmm. those are there other things other areas yeah I think one of the biggest ones for men is that we you know this this idea of val- validation and I think naturally this goes for women as well but I'll speak to men is that we're always seeking that external validation you know those little dopamine hits those little wins and I think we oft- too often look for others you know um, partners for that or perhaps our workplace or it can even come in um, many men are addicted and this comes back to that um, that loneliness and isolation discussion that heaps of men sit behind a video game for hours and hours on end getting that external validation you know always worrying I think worrying too much about what other people think and letting them letting that um, you know letting that dictate um, who they are and how they feel about themselves so I think the best thing that men can do um, in that space is start looking internally for validation. Mm-hmm. So I'd say to people that what are those things that you do that you love doing? What are those things that build that self-esteem? Um, you know, so so meditation or um, exercise. What are those things you can do on a daily basis to build that self-esteem? So you're not worrying. So you're not getting all your validation externally. And uh, it's kind of like if you get those comments like that external validation like a compliment or something like that then that's kind of the the cream on top it's not something that you need to get you through it's and i think too many of us um too many of us men are looking for those external hits of dopamine that external validation to say that we we're worthy um that's how we make sense of the world by what other people think of us and I think the more that we can work on ourselves and build that self-esteem internally and do those things that we know build it, uh, I think that, that, that helps massively. Um, right. And you, your strength is coming from within. And then, yeah. and then conversely, if somebody is doing the opposite, but instead of complimenting you, you know, saying, giving you an insult, then, yeah. then that when you're getting your validation internally, then it doesn't yeah. break you as much yeah. when you face that yeah. sort of thing. And I think we just need to care less about what other, what other people think. I think that that's a huge tripping point for many men. I think we we spend too much time bogged down by that. Um, 
and seeking that external validation from other people and um, it's a trap mm-hmm. yeah it's a huge trap I think so the more that we can do to build our own you know ex- internal um, self-worth I think is hugely important mm-hmm. um, and it's perhaps easier said than done but mm-hmm. I think it can be it can be done easily by doing some sort of audit on your life what are the things that you know build you up what what do you do that you know that you feel better after that give you a greater sense of self mm-hmm. and then do them more right yeah I feel like that's a good segue into meditation because Brett you've been doing mm. a lot of um, work with meditation recently and Maybe um, could you tell us about how you feel that's been affecting your life recently? Mm. Um, well, I was quite sceptical um, because I just thought it was a bit of a waste of time. And when I tried to meditate, all I could do was think of all the things that I could be doing while I was, doing, while I was meditating. Um, and then when I think when you practice it enough, you, you can settle into it. Um, and I don't think there's one right way to do it. So um, some people meditate by walking in nature. Some go into their shed. Some listen to music. And some sit there in that traditional meditation pose and and try and either be mindful of their body or empty their mind. I mean, there's a lots of different ways to approach it. And I think it's really... Um, about finding out what you enjoy and what's effective. Mm, what's effective to you. Yeah. Yeah, and how has that impacted um, your life? It's impacted my life. I didn't think it would, but it has. It's made me more calmer mm. and a better listener. And I'm not in a hurry. And it's made me more mindful to think that me being in a hurry doesn't necessarily mean I get any more done. Mm. Um, so it's been good I've had a a couple of conflicts recently work-based ones and um, I've surprisingly been very calm and not not reactive Mm. but just kept an open heart and listening and waiting and responding with compassion rather than aggression or Mm. um, as though I need to um, keep my Provider, uh, my uh, you know this persona of all this ego up all the time. Yeah, right. And just and kind of drop it and listen. Mm. Is meditation a part of the Great Bloke Project? Uh, it's it's not. A, a, I guess it's not a big part of my routine at the moment. Although, I, when I think about it, I think I've become a much more conscious human being over the last say five years or so, and I think I practice mindfulness and meditation in perhaps a less formal way, although um, I have I have ambitions to do a daily practice. I have, I, routines are big for me and um, you know, I've got habits that I do every, I practice every day that I, I know that help me. Um, as of yet, you know, formal sitting down meditation is not part of that, but I, I, I think that's where I'll get to. At the moment, mindfulness meditation for me looks more, most often like, um, being present in nature. So I, I'm lucky where I live, I can easily get out into the bush, walk, run in the bush, and sit on a rock. And that's where I, and I try to do that multiple times a week, and that's where I find that is that I create that space for myself. Um, and that has had um, a tremendous impact on my life. And I think it's a big part of me becoming more a more conscious, self-aware person, because I, 
I create that space for myself. Um, and I, I haven't, I hadn't previously done that. So I think, uh, but in saying that, I, hearing, you know, stories like Brett's story and uh, many men now that talk about mindfulness and meditation, I think it, I have an ambition to actually make it a concrete, permanent part of my life. Um, because I, I, I can, I get the sense that that'll take me to the next level um, in that mindfulness state. And I think, I think it's, I think it's something we probably can practice anytime, anywhere. So I'm, I'm ever conscious that when I'm with my son, that I'm mindful and present in that moment. And I think that takes practice as well because there's, there's, there's multiple, many distractions that can capture our attention mm. at any given time. And so um, I think we can practice it in those times, being with a partner, loved one, wife. Um, am I am I really there? Am I am I present? Um, and it's been mostly mostly when I'm with my son because he'll want to play with me. And when we play, it's two year old play, so I can easily drift off. I'm guilty of getting my phone out and checking it while I'm playing, but practicing mindfulness and enjoying just being with him and being present in the moment is. It's a skill you have to develop, I think, and I'm still building it, but um, something that you can do anytime, I guess. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Eckhart Tolle talks about that. He's I remember him saying once about having a flower by your computer screen and then just so every so often, like just drifting over and looking at the flower, not naming it as a flower in your head, yeah. just staring at it. Yeah, and, yeah. Yes, that's right. I use the breath for that, so um, I. And it can just be one breath. And when I'm in, at my workplace or somewhere else, I simply take one slow breath and feel it and hold it and pause it and let it out. What do you think men's perception, generally speaking? I mean, you, you two both have obviously um, are interested in meditation and see the benefits of it, but generally speaking, what do you think men's perception of meditation is? Mm. Well, I think they might think it just happens at a day spa mm. with mm. cliches of mm. lotus flowers and incense and hippies and <laughs> yeah I, I don't think that um, people really understand what it is mm. Mm. I think that's the, the I'm not saying all people are like that of mm. course but mm. is that a barrier yeah I, I'd say that the, I've, I reckon over the last 12 12 months, two years, I think we've seen, I think we've seen um, more attention paid to mindfulness, pardon the pun. Um, because I think more than ever, I think you hear it talked about and the benefits of talking about it. And, um, you know, I, I know men in my life that I would never imagine that would be interested in meditation and mindfulness that are starting to talk about it openly and are doing it. And I, I think that wouldn't have happened a few years ago so mm. I think while it's slow and I think Brett's right I think um, the general consensus would be of that you know that day spa sense I think there is a movement amongst um, amongst men now that have seen the benefit of it and I think depending on what circles you're plugged into I think you know if you if you're interested in what the most successful people do in the planet mm. um, many True. of them many of them practice mindfulness and meditation That's so right. If you if you're cued into that, um, and maybe some people aren't, but it, I know that that it is talked about by these people, and it's talked about in the media. So I think the awareness is growing, 
um, where that will where that will take us. I think I've got a feeling it will snowball and, and continue on. Well, I hope so anyway. Yeah, I feel like it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah, for mm. sure. And I guess that's another benefit of being vulnerable with people saying, this is what I do, it helps yeah. me. Yeah. Mm. Not only is that a good thing for you, but mm. also in spreading that mm-hmm. awareness of the benefits of, yeah. of mindfulness and meditation. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, we spoke briefly before about um, boys um, and three of us here all have sons Mm. Um, what messages um, you know have we given to boys in the past that have not been um, positive have not helped grow um, kindness and compassion and and how can we change that what do we um, tell our boys now mm. um, you know that sort of old stereotype of be a man you know mm. don't cry toughen up. Sort of tough yeah. up yeah um, yeah you know. I, I think for me I, I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in a way that I've, I've I'm a father sort of a, as, a, as a bit of an older man um, so 36 um, 36 now 34 when my son was born and I had I have done a lot of work on myself um, previous to him being born and I think I was in a good space to be a dad at that point um, and uh, being a more conscious human being and being more aware of myself um, has helped me um, really be clear on what the sort of father I want to be. So I am very intentional about about that um, and so at his age I have been doing a lot of reading on um, the way that our brain grows and develops so for him developmentally you know that that important importance of physical touch is really important and that skin on skin stuff and um the affection side of things that i perhaps do too much like you know hugging tickling like silly games where um it's just that that super hype inf- um, affection and i think you know that is so important and the more i read you know his his brain is developing now from that the the reptilian brain from the from the bottom up and all those connections are being built in his brain now and he he feels very much loved and um i'm grateful that i have that knowledge that uh, i can be very intentional about who how i father him and uh as he gets older i think you know just that that idea of um communicating with him about anything and being out him to be able to talk to me about anything i think is is really important and I think we all learn things from um, our fathers and how we were fathered and sometimes we I take things that my dad did and th- I, I want to be like that with my son mm. and there's other things that I think well I, I want to be better at that you know so for me with my dad we we didn't have that relationship that I could talk to him about anything and um, there were certain things that were off the table so I think with 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 my boy, I'm hoping that we can foster a relationship where where we can talk and he can tell me um, whatever's up mm. and we can have that really authentic, real relationship from the time he's a, a little boy to, to when he's a man. So, yeah, that, that just knowing that and um, just the messages I'm sending to him um, by what I'm doing, not just what I'm saying as well, but what I'm doing I think is really important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially at the age he is when his language is still just developing. That's right. That's why that was those sorts of yeah. The, the physicality of it is so important. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and Brett, your boys are a bit older. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what sorts of things do you 
do with older boys who do have a more developed um, have more developed communication skills so you can you know have it's not just about touch um, but it's about you know how you're interacting how what do you do that's like your father what do you do that's different from your father with your boys to keep those that communication well I spent um, many great years following my dad around the yard and spending time with him in the shed making stuff and um, that was really great on so many levels um, not only from learning things, being practical with your hands, but just getting to know your dad and getting to know you. So spending time together is um, really important. Uh, but this is a different age now than when I was a boy. And when I was a boy, there was, it seemed to be a lot of time. And when kids get home from school now and they're racing around the place and doing things and being overscheduled, I think it's very challenging for parents to find one-on-one -on -one time with their own kids. So it's about being conscious mm. um, of that, being aware of it, and making sure that there is time to uh, spend time with one of your children mm. and, and then the other one. Mm. And just making sure that you can behave in the way that you want them to grow up, because mm. they're always looking. And uh, if you don't think they're learning from your behaviour, they are. Mm -hmm. If you react angrily to every stressful situation and start blaming everybody else, then chances are they'll do it too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I like to, um, I can't always do it because, you know, we are pre-programmed in some ways, but mm -hmm. about breaking the mould and being conscious of our own behaviour in front of our kids mm -hmm. is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And um, we've been talking about um, being in nature. I mean, you do bushwalks. You did your first bushwalk with both your boys this year. Yeah, that's, that's a great thing to do. Um, because you're walking and talking all day, mm. and they're carrying all their own gear on their back. Mm. Um, and I've been doing it for years, and I know the benefit of it, and now I can do that with my boys. And, uh, you know, setting up fires and um, being bored and complaining and being <laughs> sore not liking the food and can't wait to get mm. home that's good stuff because right. mm. it builds resilience yes. right yeah. they they appreciate things they're yeah. grateful for things it's not all given to them mm. they can learn to fail and they can hurt themselves and that is all character building it might sound a little bit old-fashioned but um, it's really important for boys to um, learn failure mm. and to get around it yeah. and pick themselves up yep not be given not be given things all the time for mm -hmm. nothing mm -hmm. you work for work for it mm. earn it and then you'll feel fantastic mm. I, thought, I feel like those are traditional things though that boys have um you know that we've put value on exactly in, in they boys. are traditional yeah but what about compassion and kindness which is less traditionally fostered in boys mm. mm -hmm. what do you think i think um, there's room for both Absolutely, there yeah. is. But if somebody's listening to this, thinking, you know, how do I help foster those sorts of less traditionally uh, valued things in boys? Yeah. What do I do? I think it comes back to what we've just like we've, we've mentioned before: is the whole. I think modelling is huge. So, mm -hmm. who am I as a man, and how do I show up on a daily basis as a man? As, as a man, you know, Brett talked about before um, about you know the, what we do is powerful and. How do we handle those daily stresses or 
um, when things don't quite go quite right you know what ha, ha, what where do we go in that situation because we're modeling all the time to our boys and uh, our daughters as well but with compassion and kindness I think that um, we've got to show up with that men need to show up with that every day and and model that I think it's another part of that modeling thing so um, how do you treat your partner and your wife mm. uh, how do you treat your your loved ones your families and your friends and not just how you treat them but how how do you get around them and 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 um, respond to them in times of need you know how do you show empathy I think we these are things we model if, if if you're a son and you're looking up to your father who is a gentle and a kind and a compassionate man mm-hmm. um, I think that that says a huge thing about who a man is because I think for a for a little boy um, their father is the, their biggest role model so how is dad showing up you know you know how is dad showing up when things get stressful mm. How's dad showing up when things don't go right? Um, how's dad showing up when mum's um, not feeling so good? You know, how is how's dad treat mum when that happens? You know, mm. and I think we just we're forever uh, modelling to our kids. And I think as a as a little boy looking up to a, a a father, I think you can the way you show up on a daily basis is huge. And 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 being and being um, I think as I said before, I think we can be. As, as dads, um, we can be strong and we can lead a household and we can teach those really like important lessons like the value of hard work. We can do those things, not just by what we say, but by what we do, but we can also, we can also model compassion and kindness. I think we can do that easily yeah. if we're aware of it. And yes. I think that's, that's the, the thing, I guess, that we're all talking about um, anyway is that awareness, you know, where I'm at, where am I at, and where do I want to be? And as a father, I think that takes it to a whole new level because you've got that another level of accountability that you've never had before. Mm. Um, and so I think that can that can go one or two ways. I think for me, it's it's made me step up, <laughs> yeah. but it could also perhaps for some dads who are not quite there or haven't got themselves totally sorted out, perhaps it can add another level of stress yes. and 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 complexity Absolutely. that that can throw things out of balance a little bit, but. Um, yeah, and you know, I say this not to put pressure on dads because maybe, maybe you've gone through life and things haven't gone so well for you as a father, and maybe you've done some things that you're not proud of or you've reacted in a bad way. But I guess you know it's never too late to to change those things up and and, and change the way you, that you respond to things and the, the way you model. I think that. That it's never too late for those things. So yeah, that's right. I mean, the last mm. thing you know, the last message we want to put out there is to put more pressure that's on right. them. Like yeah. you've done it, you've been doing it wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's not that. It's not about yeah. that. So I, you know, I say that I'm grateful for being where I'm at, and that I've sorted myself out to a level that I'm ready to be a dad. But um, not many, not not all men were gifted that opportunity to mm. be ready. And I know that if I was a father when I was in my early twenties, then that could have gone very badly because mm-hmm. I wasn't as self-aware as I am now and I wasn't as conscious as I am now. So for men that are listening that may feel as though they've made mistakes as fathers, um, we all only do, we do the best we can with what we've got yep. and um, it's never too late to make amends, I guess, is what I'd say, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and start working on your relationship with your son and working on, working on yourself, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I guess yeah, that's showing the level of vulnerability by yeah. saying, you know, I'm sorry if, um, you know, I haven't I haven't done this or that. Yeah. But now I'm 
this is something new I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess that shows boys when their dad's um, emulating that sort of compassion and kindness and then without speaking it shows that that's something that the that their dad values mm -hmm. um, it can yeah. go in reverse too mm -hmm. um, the other day my youngest son we were having a conflict and he said remember dad we don't shout it we're not shouting anymore because yes. we had that meeting the other day yes. uh, we, we take a breath yeah. we go away and then we come back mm. and we solve the problem yeah and well thought, there you go hey it's working yeah it's done <laughs> yeah it's He's coming back to bite me. now yeah, yeah. Right. where do i get my anger out here yeah. <laughs> that's good so what can women do to encourage men to um if if there's men if there are men in their lives who are struggling you know husbands brothers fathers um what can women do to try and support them mm -hmm. um, and, and help them m maybe not um, feel like they have to be the, the dad, the one who's mm. running the family, who the, the weight of whatever's going on in the family is on his shoulders. Mm. What can women do to help with that? Yeah, I think um, it's a really kind of, obvious answer but for me what's worked for me and I've found has worked for my wife and I is just that that idea of over communicating and um, really making both of us making clear our needs our wants our schedules um, because I think and this is probably um, something that not just for women to do for men but for men to do for women is, is I've found that that over communicating thing has really worked for us because it's, it's all too easy to assume that the other knows what we're thinking and what we want and um, that's really helped I think in our relationship and this has been a particularly busy year for for us both with various ventures and um, launching the, the project and other things that have been happening in our lives and just that that communication about how how can I best support you now that question I think is really powerful and I think it's that could help um, that could help and men and women I think if that question is asked because where I sort of go to by default and I think my wife probably is a little bit like this is that we try to be the the advice giver and we try to be the um, the problem solver in our each of our relationships so um, trying to hold back from that because mm -hmm. it's only our own egos that are being served in that you know trying to solve the problem for, for the other and getting involved I think what's helped us both is just over communicating and asking that question um, how can I best help you now mm. and that that allows um, me or her to to actually put on the table how if at all when I, I need her or in what way she can help me I think that maybe for, for men and um, you know your questions about women maybe that just that really the opening up of, of communication lines I think is something where we, we all get tripped up on and mm -hmm. I still do you know um, there's, there's, there's big things that I forget to communicate with my wife but I know that if I really put time into that it, it helps us both so that would be I reckon for, for men and women something that helps mm -hmm. a, a lot yeah mm -hmm. would you say something similar Brett well I think in long-term relationships 20 30 years um, our responses to our partners can be quite habitual mm. Mm, and I think true. being self-aware of how we respond to the people that are closest to us is 
rising to the taking taking our own um, responsibility for our own actions one step further so um, I would encourage people to have an open heart and to be active in their listening and not necessarily um, snapping back with the habitual comments yeah that's really hard because isn't that, it when you've been with somebody yeah, no, for so it long it is hard but that yeah. that's what's required that's mm. why people go to marriage counselling and things because um, to break those habits mm. um, so what can what can women do I think um, to just take a step back and say how are you travelling mm. right now right mm. and then not give an explanation after no. you receive that information right mm. just let it be let it sit mm. Nathan what else do you want to tell us about the Great Blue Project um, yeah so uh, the best thing I can probably encourage people to do is head over to the website so that's greatblokeproject.com and have a look around there's the, the start here page which I think I try to lay out there really clearly the vision and the mission of the Great Bloke Project and then I've mentioned it early, earlier in the interview but I think there's a lot of value in signing up for the 12 week challenge series so um, you know, I've got some really good feedback about those so the, the, the way it works is that men will receive a, an email every Sunday night and there's an invitation or a challenge for the week um, and the idea is that it's, it's a process of beginning to work on yourself and um, you can do it you sort of at your own pace um, you can enter it into it at, at any level you like um, it's sort of accompanied by resources and um, a worksheet and a resource that people can use and um, the feedback I've got from those from people is that it's it's allowed them to try things they've never done before um, practice some skills they've never done before uh, it's allowed me personally to um, connect with men at another level so um, men will quite often um, email me so I offer in there um, an optional part of it is so that level of accountability so people can email me with you know if they're working on something for the week they can share it with me and I'll quite often share back what I'm doing I'm, I'm in that space as well with them and it has allowed me to build um, I guess a relationship with men in a virtual way that Brett has done in a more formal um, face-to-face fight with with the men's group that I've been able to build relationship with men um, that way as well so it's it's I think it's a great way to start if it's particularly if you're not really sure if you if you haven't done a lot of self-development work and self-improvement work that is the purpose of the challenge series it's just a kickstart it's a kickstart into working on yourself with some helpful tips advices resources that hopefully can build eventually into habits and, and routine um, so I'd encourage men to, to go check out the website, sign up for the 12-week challenge, and then also check out the podcast. So what I do there is I try to interview men, and the conversations tend to be quite raw and real. It's men that are doing things in the men's space, mm-hmm. but at the same time they're working on themselves. And a lot of that is about, um, you know, what am I trying that's working? Many men talk about med- meditation and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Many men talk about the importance of, of journaling and becoming more self-aware, men share the things that they're working on and what that does is I think allows us to connect with the stories of other men because you realise that um, no matter who you are, we've all got things we're working on and Mm. um, these men that I interview on the podcast, I guess, for two reasons, they're for motivation 
and therefore um, inspiration and advice around what they can do as men to, to sort of level up and to, to improve and to um, develop self. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd encourage people to check out the podcast as well. Excellent. Yeah, the sense I get is not that you've got like experts in their field saying no. this is I'm perfect and this is um, what you can do to be perfect too, no. but that everybody's you know on a different journey. Yeah, and I kind of by nature I shun away from that expert type. Mm-hmm. I think um, although you know men that I interview probably could be you probably could categorize them as experts. Some of them are very good at what they do, but. Um, I talk a lot about authenticity, vulnerability, um, self-awareness, and taking action. I guess the, they're the four mm-hmm. things about what I'm, I'm trying to do, you know. Um, and I try to seek out men that are the, that are doing those sort of things. So um, men that are willing to get on there and maybe share some knowledge, but also I, I tend to ask them uh, three questions at the end, like what are you working on in your life right now? Um, what's something that you're that you're um, trying to get better at, and they're modelling that. And and men, um, you tend to find men um, when that that, com- that raw conversation happens. I think that it's much more palatable to listen to when you're hearing other men talking about their challenges mm-hmm. and what they're doing to to combat those, rather than you know the talk down expert type of thing that I'm really that up that I'm not really that interested in to be yeah. honest yeah. yeah so although um, the, every man I, man I think has their own wisdom and the things that they can share and that goes for listeners as well as the people that I interview so um, I guess I see myself as a learner um, and I impart what I'm learning about myself and I think that's the case for my guests as well that they first and foremost see themselves as learners, learners about themselves and learners about life. Um, and they're the kind of people that I'm attracted to and that, mm. that, that I like to interview. So, right. mm. Mm. And Brett, with the men's group, are you accepting new members at the moment? No, we've been closed for quite a, a yeah, long time. Yeah, right. So if somebody's listening, thinking, yeah, that's the sort of thing I feel like I want to get involved with, like a face-to-face mm-hmm. um, sort of discussion with other men, what do you think... Well, they can get in contact with me and I can share my experience about how to start one of their own. Right. And it sounds daunting, but it's not. Right. Um, and I think most men's groups are hidden. Mm. I've gradually found out that there's a lot more than I than I thought there was. Mm. I thought there was none. Mm. But there's actually quite a few. Right. But they, they're, they don't have a web presence. Right. They have a word of mouth presence. Mm. And it's hard to Google men's groups. Uh, because they're just right. not on the internet. Ours is not ours was, but it it was only on for three days, right? And it filled in that time. Wow! Yeah. And then I had to shut it down. Right. And then we made another group, and that one shut down too. Yeah. Well, I mean, that just shows you that there's a necessity out there. This is something yeah. that, mm, that men want, which yeah. is which is excellent. You know that that um, you know that men are wanting to engage in this way, mm. but. Yeah, maybe more people need to do what you're saying. Yeah, they can email me and I'll, yeah. I'll be happy to yeah, I'll put, start it off. I'll put the email address in the show notes. Mm. I liked what you said just then, Nathan, about um, asking what what your guests are working on. So maybe, is it okay if I can ask each of you something that you're sure. um, working on now? Sure. I've got a raft of things that I'm working on. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I've... Um, Okay, like maybe I'll pick a simple one to start with, and if I think of anything deeper, I'll come to it. But mm. 
Um, for me, uh, time management is an issue for me. So, um, and as my as my life is getting increasingly busier, as being a father and a professional and a, a amateur podcaster, um, I've the need for me to 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 level up and be better with my time management is is increasing so just um you know i'm a little bit laissez-faire and i think that's a good part of my personality is that i'm pretty relaxed mm-hmm. but um i time i've got no concept of time as far as you know getting places at the right time <laughs> and showing up and getting home at a certain time and so i think for me working on my ability to time manage is is something that I, I, I could definitely get better at and then I'm working on it. in fact I've been working on it for, for years and I think I'm getting getting better at it without losing that that part of my personality that I think is necessary you know that I, that I think is that I'm that I can be pretty relaxed but I think there are times where that I could use my time better mm. and I, I more so than ever I in the space I'm in now I need to be using my time better so yeah, yeah. and being just conscious of how I use my time so yeah, that's that's a, something I worked on, and th- some some actions I've taken in that area is that I've completely, um, pretty much taken away any um, time watching TV or idle time that I just feel now is wasted. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm making some headway there that I just don't watch watch TV mm-hmm. or, uh, and I've done a pretty strong audit of my time and how I spend it, and I've I've, I've managed to cut away some things in my life that. Um, were not serving me mm-hmm. so obligations and things or even um, relationships that weren't serving me and that has helped me manage my time better I've, I've, I've ordered it and made some made some um, big changes there but as far as you know uh, yeah getting being on schedule that that's a work in progress mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> Brett did you want to um, share something that you yeah when I when I work on stuff these days I only work on the good things. I'm a bit of a hedonist. So I don't yeah. like focusing on my problems. Yeah. I only like doing stuff that puts a smile on my face. Um, so I'm doing the Wim Hof uh, breathing ah, technique. Awesome. Oh, have you heard of that? Yeah, I love okay. it. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I've done a bit of the cold cold water stuff, yep. his, his stuff, cold yep. showers yep. and stuff. But not, That's it. Yeah. The breathing and the, the breathing. cold showers. Yeah. Okay, so just explain first of all for people who have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, well, it, it's, uh, Wim, it's his name, W-I-M-H-O-F, um, a Dutchman, a crazy Dutchman who holds lots of world records for being cold and climbing <laughs> Mount Everest in his shorts and things like that, right. which I'm not going to do, but he has a breathing, breathing technique that changes your blood chemistry. Um, and it's... Also, it's just something that I'm interested in. I'm working on it. It's having big effects on me. Mm-hmm. It affects also my meditation massively. If I find I do Wim Hof before I meditate, it really sinks me deep. It really grounds me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing more um, plant propagation. Mm-hmm. I'm finding real joy in creating plants from nothing, mm. from cuttings. Mm. It sounds simple. It is simple. Yeah, that's part of it. You know, yeah. I've gone back again to being vegan. Mm. Um, I'm trying to simplify my life and make it as joyful as I possibly can. Um, it's really mm. that simple. It comes down to a handful of people that I love spending time mm-hmm. with and doing things that I love doing. Mm-hmm. And I've got all my problems, but my problems just kind of shrink. That's right. If I'm walking around buzzing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and now I'm about to go on a 10-day silent retreat. So I'm preparing for that and I am really um, wanting to test myself and find out new things about myself and like the onion, you know, get down to the middle and see what's happening <laughs> without having any distractions. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. Thanks to our guests, Nathan and Brett, for speaking so candidly and honestly about such an important topic. And thank you for listening. If you or someone you know is in need of crisis support, 24-hour help is available from Lifeline Australia on 13 11 14, or see links in the show notes for other options for help. To make sure you hear future episodes of our podcast, make sure you subscribe. Have a topic to suggest? Connect with us on Facebook, where we are at City of Marion Libraries. Even if you don't have a message for us, go on and visit and follow our page anyway. It's good for a book recommendation, hearing about an upcoming event, or just to have a laugh. We're on Instagram too, so check us out there as well. If you haven't heard of Bookface Friday, you need to come on over and join the Insta Bookface party. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Jeremy Lightbound. <laughs>